0: John chapter 1 verses 40 to 48 I want to speak this morning on bringing our friends to Jesus verse 40 Andrew Simon's Peter brother was one of the two who heard what John had said and had followed Jesus First thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John, you will be called Zephas, which is translated Peter. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter from the town of Bethesda, Philip found Nathanael and told him, "We have found the one whom Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, of Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph." Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth?" said, asked Philip, or said Nathaniel. And Philip said, "Come and see." Now I was told when I was at Bible College doing homiletics and that you need to have a text. And my text this morning is verses 40 to 42, so it's a bit long for a text. But it's about Andrew was one of the two who heard that John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing, Andrew was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. And he brought him to Jesus. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee, finding Philip. And he said to him, follow me. And Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found Jesus of Nazareth. Andrew brought his brother Simon to Jesus and Philip brought Nathaniel to Jesus. And my question over this next few moments will be, are we bringing our friends to Jesus? See, John was was with two of his disciples and he saw Jesus coming to him and he said, look, the Lamb of God. And these men heard John preach and believed, and then they followed Jesus. And Andrew was one of these men, and the first thing he did was, he, I must find my brother Simon. And so he looked, and he brought, and he found his brother, and he said, we have found the Messiah. And if you remember, the Jewish people were looking and waiting and longing for the Messiah to come. They were being tortured by the Roman Empire and persecuted. And they're waiting, longing for the Messiah to come. And Andrew says to his brother, we have found the Messiah. And Andrew wanted to tell his brother the thrilling news that we have found the Messiah. We don't have to be great preachers or clever speakers to bring our friends to Jesus. Andrew's message was very simple. We have found the Messiah. And our message should be, we have found the Savior. We have found Jesus. I was lost, but now I am found. I was blind, but now I see. Are we telling our friends about the Savior who's done so much for us? Are we telling them what God has done for us, what he can do for them? Andrew brought his brother to the right place and to the right person He brought his brother to Jesus. And whenever you read about Andrew in John's Gospel, you find he's bringing someone to Jesus. He brought his brother to Jesus. He brought the lad with the loaves and fishes to Jesus. He brought the Greeks who wanted to see Jesus. Are we bringing our friends to Jesus? When was the last time you invited someone to come to church? When was the last time you told someone about Jesus, who you love and who you serve? And as Jesus walked along Galilee, he found Philip. And he said to Philip, follow me. Follow me. And Philip forsook all and started following him. And Jesus called Philip personally. And Philip trusted him and followed him. And Philip wanted to share his experience about Jesus and meeting Jesus. That he then shared it with his friend, Nathaniel. Philip told him, we have found the Messiah. And he said to him, come and see. Come and see. When was the last time he said to her friends, come and see? Come and see Jesus. Come and touch Jesus. When you think of the Samaritan woman, she met Jesus at the well And he revealed himself to be the Messiah. She left her water pots and went back to the town and said to the people, come and see a man who has told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town to see Jesus. This Samaritan woman went back. She didn't even take her pots with her, but she went back and told the people in the town what God had done for her, that God had delivered her and that Jesus had revealed himself to her. We remember the man that Jesus set free from the demons. He wanted to go with Jesus. Let me come with you. But Jesus said to him, no. He sent him away saying, return home and tell how much God has done for you. Tell how much God has done for you. We've just celebrated Easter a week or so ago. What God has done when Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose again, hallelujah, what a saviour he's risen. He's not here. He's risen from the dead. What a saviour, what a message. Are we telling what God has done? I forgot to say a story about Vietnam. One of the new churches that was established, we're only talking a couple of months ago, November and December, A lady, 60 years of age, became a Christian, fell in love with Jesus and couldn't help but tell everybody. Well, it's okay in Northern Ireland telling everybody you love Jesus. But when you're in a persecuted country and you start telling everybody about Jesus, something will happen. And the police arrested her with her two sons. And they put her two sons into one room and put her in another room and they started beating her and beating her for three days until she was hardly unrecognisable. And they said to her, kept saying to her, We could stop this persecution like that. We can stop it. If you'll give up this man, Jesus, if you'll get about this stupid Christianity, give it up. And we'll stop. And she said this, how can I? When three years ago my husband was dying. And I was a a witch doctor, and I tried all my witch doctor medicine to try and heal him, but he was getting worse. And some people called Christians came and they prayed, and my husband was healed miraculously, instantly. And you want me to give that up? She said, A year ago, I went totally blind, couldn't see. And I called Christian friends and asked them to pray. Now I can see. And you want me to give that up? She said, I'll die in prison, and she's only saved. Telling our friends what God has done, she has so much to tell everybody what God has done. Just even telling them and and the sale of the policeman. Are we telling our friends, our family, our people in our village, in our town, in our community what God has done for us? Or oh, we can talk about the weather. We can talk about football but when do we talk about Jesus? When do we share Jesus with others? When do we introduce Jesus to our friends or introduce our friends to Jesus? News spread that Jesus had come home and crowds gathered to see him. There was always crowds, always people following Jesus because some wanted to heal, to see them heal the sick. Some wanted to see them casting out demons, but others wanted to hear their message. And Jesus had come to do more than just relieve the affliction of the sick and the demonized. There was something greater for the people to experience. They could enter into the kingdom of God and have eternal life. And he came to bring everyone who would trust him. He came to bring them forgiveness. He came to bring them fulfillment. He came to bring them uh, freedom. The miracle of healing gave the Lord the opportunity to teach a very important lesson about forgiveness. And so many people were gathered and the room was full. There wasn't any more room in the house. And I've experienced that in Vietnam. In that house, you couldn't have a single person in. They were everywhere. And that's the situation that Jesus was in, not even outside the door. And Jesus preached to them. Then four men were carrying their friend on a stretcher. They realized their friend was in need. He was paralytic. And they realized that Jesus could heal them of his disease. And so they decided to bring their friend to Jesus. Now, that wasn't an easy thing to do because they had to carry their friend on a stretcher. And it took four of them to do that. And so these four friends were committed to bringing their friend to Jesus but the crowds hindered them. And very often when we try to bring our friends to Jesus, there's hindrances, there's obstacles, there's things put in our way. But faith is ingenious, and they climbed outside carrying their friends. Now, if any of you have been to Israel, you know their homes are all tightly together, but they have flat roofs. But at the side of their home, there's steps that you can go out, upside up to the top roof and these four men went outside up the steps onto the roof. Now you can imagine you're in the service, you're listening to Jesus and he's preaching and then there's dust, there's noise and all sorts of things happening. What's going on up there? And these four friends are taking the tiles off the roof, they're taking the laughs off, they're taking the grass off, they're making a hole big enough that they could lower their friend to Jesus. Jesus because they believed that Jesus could touch him. They believed that Jesus could heal their friend. (coughs) When Jesus saw their faith, he didn't say to the paralytic, rise up and walk. When he saw their faith, he said, son, your sins are forgiven. You see, he dealt with the spiritual first, and then he dealt with the physical second. Jesus said to him, get up, take your mat and go home. He got up and took his mat and walked out in full view of them. And they were amazed and everyone praised God saying, we have never seen anything like this. His friends were concerned, his friends were committed, and his friends were celebrating because Jesus healed their friend. They saw the need. They were concerned for their friend. Their desperate condition and concern. You would be blind or naive if you lived in the world today and not realized that there's a need on our very doorstep, that there's need in our country, there's need in the world, both physical need and, most important, spiritual need. People are on their way to a lost eternity. And if they don't come to Jesus, they'll die in their sin and go to a lost eternity. Are we concerned? Do we have compassion for them? They were moved with compassion. See, compassion is not is a doing word. It means that they did something. You know, sometimes we watch the pictures on television and we see people, and, and I've been amongst people. I've been in situations in Sudan. It's horrific. And you can't not be touched. You can't not be moved. But compassion leads to action. And so they brought their friend to Jesus. They faced a the difficult task. They faced critics. But they believed Jesus was their answer. And if we believe that Jesus is the answer for our world today, then we would be doing something. We'd be telling our friends about Jesus. They saw the burden, the task needed to afford them and all had a part to play. The pastor, in so many churches, God bless the pastor. He's wonderful, aren't you David and Sally? But the pastor can't do it himself. One person couldn't have carried that stretcher. It took four people to carry it. And God wants all of us we're part of the body to be involved in, in mission, to be involved in evangelism, to be involved in bringing our friends to Jesus. You will meet people tomorrow that the pastor will never meet. Are we sharing the message of the gospel with them? They surmounted the problem. They overcame the problem of the people. They overcame the problem of the building. The crowd was stopping him from bringing their friends to Jesus, but they pushed through and they persevered. And they persevered. And they got their answer. They got the miracle that they were believing God for. Their friend was healed. They showed their faith. Jesus acknowledged their faith. They were prepared to carry their friend to Jesus. They were prepared to open the roof. They were prepared to let their friend down at the feet of Jesus. And they sensed the power of Jesus. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to them that believe the power of the gospel. The power of the Lord Jesus was present for him to heal the sick. They believed that Jesus could heal their friends in us. They believed that Jesus could set their friend free. They believed that Jesus could forgive their sins. There are several characteristics. these men possessed. One, they were deeply concerned about their friend and wanted to see him helped. Two, they had faith to believe that Jesus would meet their friend's need. Three, they had compassion that led them to do something. And four, they did not permit the difficult circumstances to discourage them or to stop them. They worked together They dared to do something different. See, how easy it would have been. I love this story. To give up. You imagine these four men. They walked for miles and miles. And I've walked the streets of Jerusalem. I've walked the streets of Bethlehem. I've walked the the shores of Galilee, And it's not smooth. It's all stones and rough. And they walked it. And they carried this man. And suddenly they see the crowd. Let's go home. We'll come back another day. We'll come back tomorrow. No. We're here today. We're going to do business with God today. Because my friend needs healing today. He may not be here tomorrow. People who are here today may not be here tomorrow. And it's so easy to give up. And difficult. Sometimes the problems that we have our mountains are like the giants that David saw. And we can't see beyond the giants. And they stop us from doing or fulfilling the purposes of God. And sometimes fear stops us from fulfilling the purposes of God. Sometimes fear stops us even talking to someone about Jesus. What are they going to do? What are they going to say to me? Maybe not believe me. Or listen to me. And fear comes upon us. When Jesus saw the man lying on his mat, he spoke to the man's heart before he healed the body. Son, your sins are forgiven you. And they said to him, get up and take your mat and go home. Son, your sins are forgiven you. And the Pharisees that were about the, the house started criticizing. Here, he's forgiven them their sins. Dr. Warren Waysbury said this, Forgiveness is the greatest miracle. It meets the greatest need. It costs the greatest price. It brings the greatest blessing. 70% of the people who become Christians come to Christ through a friend. Through you and me. Someone prayed for us. Someone invited us. Someone told us about Jesus. And that's how people come to Jesus. It's called, just in case you didn't know, friendship evangelism. Being friends with people. Bringing our friends to Jesus. Bringing our friends to Jesus. Bringing our sons and daughters to Jesus. Bringing our family to Jesus. Bringing our friends to Jesus. Vance Horner once said this. He came with his back on his bed. Went back home. With his bed on his back, eh? And you think what could have happened? His four friends could have thought, forget about it. Let somebody else take him. Let somebody else carry him. Or it's too difficult. It's too hard. Too much problems. I'm sure some of the people were shouting. when the the dust has come down, what's going on up there? What are you doing? This is my house. They were more concerned about getting their friend to Jesus because Jesus could meet their need. Son, your sins are forgiven you. Rise, take your mat and go home. Because he didn't say because of the man's faith, because of their faith, the four men's faith, Jesus healed that man because of their faith. We are called to make a difference. We are to carry a passion in our heart for the lost. We're to be convinced that Jesus is the answer to man's need. And we're to communicate the truth of the gospel. And we're to bring our friends to Jesus. I'm going to finish with a poem. It's called, What Have You Done? You say you'll do much in the years to come, but what have you done today? You plan to give wealth in a princely sum, but how much have you given away? You'll heal the broken hearts and dry every tear, bring to them hope and take away fear. Carry his word to those far and near, but what have you done today? You'll say you'll be kind after a while, but what have you done today? The lonely and the hurting wait for your smile. You promise to light up their way. You aim to give truth a grander birth, to steadfast faith a deeper worth, to carry his love to the ends of the earth. But what have you done today? You plan to reap much in the by and by, but what have you done today? You plan to build mansions up in the sky, but what have you done today? It's nice to dream and envisions bask, but here and now have you done your task. Lord bless you, thank you very much.